pretty nice. Yeah, it's, it's Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews in Latin, right? So, Jesus Nazarenos Rex Judaiorum. So that's what it stands for. But that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But I thought it was interesting that we should know if we're going to see this for the whole week. Yeah, and it's in Latin. So, I wanted to talk today about transformations. Um, today, there was, you know, some transition that we saw, right? Like, even in the hymns. In the morning, it was all, like, festal and joyful and, like, you know, very exciting. I, Palm Sunday tune is my favorite tune of the year. Um, and then now it's a lot more mournful and solemn and somber. During uh, Bright Saturday, we'll see kind of the opposite, right? Where things are half and half, but, like, half mournful, and then it turns into joyful. The, the church is signaling something for us, right? It's signaling that there's some transitions, some transformations. Things are changing this week, and we should pay attention to that. This week is full of transformation. Like, all the readings that we have are full of transformations. But I want to start with this story. Leonardo da Vinci, in 1495, started painting the, uh, the icon of the Last Supper, famous icon. In 1495, he finished it somewhere in 1499. And it said, I mean, there's a story that he used to pick, like, very specific subjects. Obviously, he's drawing on, on the wall, so he usually made sketches, and then he'd go in and like, use plaster and fresco and whatever. Um, and he picked very specific subjects, and he focused really on the eye. Like, some of the other features, he can kind of change, like hair color, you know, things like that. But he wanted someone with the eye that represents the character. And so, when he was in church one day, he saw this guy, Pietro Bandinelli. Um, in the choir, and he was like, man, that guy, like, he just has very, like, kind eyes. This guy is going to be Jesus. And he took that model and made the sketches and drew him as, as Jesus. And then he went on, and obviously it took him, like, four years to complete this. He was very, very meticulous. And he would wait and make sure he got the perfect person. And then, you know, four years later, three years later, three and a half, four years later, he still hasn't found someone that looks like Judas. Like, he drew the other apostles, but he hasn't found someone with that, like, evil, like, you know, eye that is full of hatred and, you know, anger. And one time, when he was walking in the, market, in the marketplace, he, he, like, ran into this person. He's like, yes, I found him. That's him. And so he took him back, and he drew him. And the person asked him, he's like, you know, at first, the person obviously didn't want to go. He's like, not, like, not a good guy. But he, like, offered him money and, like, juiced him up. And so he went, and as Leonardo da Vinci is drawing, the person is curious. And so he, he's, he asks, and I look at the sketches, and he looks at him, and he starts weeping. Like, you're drawing me as Judas. A few years ago, you drew me as Christ. I'm Pietro Bandinelli. Transformations. That person's life changed afterwards. Now, to be completely honest, I don't know if the story is true uh, or historically accurate. But it shows us the power of transformations. People change. People that used to look like Christ in a few years can look like Judas if they go down the wrong path, if they, if they are with the wrong people, if they change in the wrong way. And this week we see a lot of changes. Some are good. Some are not so good. A disciple is, cha is changed into a traitor this week, Judas. Someone that was with Christ, that probably did miracles and witnessed miracles, betrays him and later takes his own life. We see an enthusiastic, outspoken, even impulsive person. You know, you are the Christ, the Son of God. We saw it in two of the Gospels today. You know, I will be crucified with you. 
You know, I will never leave you, even if they have to kill me too. You know, it's almost like today we say, over my dead body, they're taking you. In just a few hours, as, it, as it, it's been pointed, he changes into a very timid coward. He denies Christ three times in, in front of people that are not very impressive, like a maidservant, a gatekeeper. That's Peter. We even see, probably, and maybe related to the king of the Jews here, we see the people of Jerusalem themselves. Today, they're welcoming Christ as a king. In just a few days, they reject him as a criminal. Today, they're crying out, Hosanna, save us. On Friday, they cry out, crucify him, crucify him. The people of Jerusalem, same city, same people. In the prophecies tonight, we see that the day of the Lord will be hard on people that are changing in the wrong way. People that are going in the wrong path. Um, in Zephaniah, which has been pointed, a lot of it has really to do with preparation for the day of the Lord. Um, I think Johnny and, uh, and Mark really pointed out, beautiful. And it's, it's very kind of like, it kind of pokes at our heart. It's kind of scary at times. And he says, those who have turned back from following the Lord and have not sought the Lord nor inquired Him. Those who have turned back, they're changing. But they turned back from following the Lord. They're changing in the wrong direction. In Galatians, Paul actually is, Galatians is probably Paul's angriest letter. He was very, very upset with the Galatians. Um, and at one point he says, you ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Actually, in the Greek, it's not hindered. It's like, who cut you off? He uses kapto language, which is like the, ver- the verb to cut. He's like, who cut you off? Like you were running and someone like, cut you, who cut you off? Like you were doing so well. Why did you stop? Why did you turn back? Thankfully, there is a way. Um, thankfully, there is a way um, to change in, a, in, a, in the right direction. And the readings today also offer that. There's actually two words in the Hebrew for repentance. There's teshovu, which comes from shuv, um, and then chrata. Teshovu is like to return, to go back to something that you were. Like, return to me, says the Lord. He uses that word, that verb, shuv. Um, and we see that in, in Revelations, where, you know, Christ is talking to one of his churches, his brides. And he's, he's saying, nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. You're not the same like it used to be. You don't love me the same way that you used to. And that kind of repentance usually goes back to, I used to do this. I used to really honor God. I used to really set time aside and make sure I talk to Him every day. I used to really like manage what I'm, what I'm seeing, what I'm saying, what I'm doing. I used to enjoy His presence. In Revelation, he, he continues. He says, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first work, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Revelation 2, uh, 4 through 6. To show, remember from where you fell and go back. Go back to that. Go back to that first love where we met, where we had that connection. There's another word in Hebrew, chrata, which more... more Morally has to do with like improvement. Like I'm at this state that is not a good state. And I need to be at a different state. I need to be closer to Christ. I don't like where I am right now. I need to transform. In Romans 12 too, he says, and Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12, 2. Mark actually today talked about like how the world sometimes doesn't even honor the truth. goes in the opposite direction. And here, that's exactly like St. Paul is echoing that. Of course, we all know this verse. But when Gregory of Nyssa comments on it, he says something really nice. He says this. He says, The perfect will of God is that the soul changed by reverence, having been brought to the full power, to the, sorry, to the full flower of its beauty by the grace of the Spirit, which attends to the suffering of the person who undergoes the change. So St. Gregory sees that, you know, when we conform, when we ruin our mind, there is going to be a change. It's going to be internal in the soul. And there's going to be suffering involved. In Micah, in the prophecy today, in the, in the ninth hour, um, Micah says a lot of like very powerful words. He says, draw near to the everlasting mountain. Like you're going in the wrong direction. Come this way. Draw near. Arise. Depart from this. It's not your, your final resting place. For you, on account of uncleanliness, you have been utterly destroyed by corruption. You were pursued by no one pursuing. Arise and depart from this. This is not your final place. This, you know, he's, he's talking to people and he's telling them, like, look, listen. The state that you're in right now, that's not where you're going to end up. That's not where you want to end up. That's not where you should end up. Arise. Draw near. Go the right direction. Whether that means going back to a state that you were used to be, your first love, or whether it means going to a different state where you've never been before. I've never really experienced God and I want to go there. In either case, both are really forms of repentance. And in either case, he's saying, arise, depart from this. This is not your final place. This is not where you want to be. In Joel, in the sixth hour, he says a lot of also powerful words. He says, get sober, awake, you drunkards, and weep, gird yourself, fast, call a solemn assembly. Like, take action, there needs to be a change. You acknowledge there's something that needs to change. You acknowledge that you're transforming in the, right direc- in the wrong direction. Change course. Thankfully, as Michael pointed out, God actually prepares us for that. God is not saying, oh yeah, change course. Yeah, no, he's like in there and like actively helping us. Not only actively helping us, he dies to help us. He died to help us, to give us that opportunity. Transformations. The whole week is a week of transformation. We also see good transformations. We see a liar and a coward transformed into a penitent after one look at Christ. That's the second transformation of Peter. The good one. After he, like, he's like, whoa, yeah, I don't like where I'm going. I need to change course. We see a sinful woman transformed to purity after pouring herself at the feet of Christ. We see a Pharisee who really only followed Christ secretly. Becomes an open witness. Takes him down from the cross. He doesn't even care who sees it anymore. Nicodemus. Goes and lobbies for him. And we also see a transformation of one from death to life. You know, the interesting thing, we call this week Pascha, right? Pascha really means Passover. It's all about transition. You know, in the Old Testament, it was... You know, the transition from Egypt to the promised land. Um, it was the crossover, the Passover. They're mo- it's moving. They're going in from one state, from one place to another. It was going from slavery to freedom, to liberty. Going from death and bondage to life, paradise. 
And in this week, we get another transformation that's even more powerful. From death to life. And it involves suffering, like Gregory of Nyssa said. We see Christ suffering to transform us. To change us. To change humanity. To take us from one state to something completely different. And it actually has both. The Shovon Chrat has both forms of repentance in there. He takes us back to our first state. We say it in Tazbah all the time, right? You know, returned Adam to his first state. But gives us something even more. Because by the mere fact that God came into our race, into our humanity, our, our whole humanity is blessed. It's taken to a level that was not there before. He does both. He shows us both. And he asks us to transform. And in this week, we really want to focus on transformation. We want to focus on the transformations that are in the reading as we're listening to them. But more importantly, we want to make sure that we are tapping into that transformation that Christ has set and prepared for us. As we see Christ suffering to transform us, let us look at ourselves and see which way we're changing. We're always changing. We're always changing. If we are not actively changing toward Christ then certainly we're changing in the opposite direction. Absolutely. There's one thing actually that Father Matthew the Poor said that, was, that kind of struck me one time. He was commenting on the verse where Christ says, if you're not with me, you're against me. If you're not gathering with me, then you are dispersing. And he says, if you are not actively bringing people to Christ every day, rest assured you're bringing people to the devil. Because it's, it's one or the other. If you're not bringing people to Christ every day, and you're dispersing. If you're not with me, you're against me. Now, obviously, they're strong words. I think Father Matthew the Poor uses very strong words sometimes. But I think the point is true. It's a really binary way. You're either going to heaven or you're not. You're either a Christian or you're not. You're either changing towards Christ or you're not. And the time is now. You know, in, in the Gospels today, we hear that the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. So let us go where Christ is. In the Gospels today also he says, where I am my servant will be also. Let us go towards him. Let us transform and be transformed this week. Let us focus on going from slavery to freedom, from death to life. Let us make this week about transformation. Hopefully we can come out of this week with some change in our life where we can say, yes, we're transforming in the right way. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. We are-